Israeli President Isaac Herzog's prophetic address to Congress. U.S. sending more Navy ships and Marines to the Middle East over Iranian threats. And pushers of central bank digital currencies are the most terrifying of all the villains. We will discuss these and many other headlines on this open line edition of the End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the End Time Show. Now, I will be taking your calls today. The number to reach me, one 363 8463 Had a lot of great programming this weekend. On Monday, I talked about the watchman on the wall. Uh, are you making sure you know and understand these prophecies so that way you can teach them to your friends, family, sphere of influence? The Bible talks many times about watchmen on the wall. They were to warn everybody inside, hey, there's a, there is a, a messenger coming or there's an army coming and there, there's thieves out there in the night. They were the watchmen. And the Bible talks about people in the end time being watchmen on the wall. And so we talked about that on Monday. On Tuesday, Doug talked about the Holy Roman Empire then and now, the prophesied Holy Roman Empire that would be in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. It was reborn in November of 2009 when they signed the Lisbon Treaty. And Doug went um, deep off into that. On Wednesday, the timing of the rapture, answering some objections to that. And to a post-trib rapture, which is what we teach, which is what the Bible teaches. And so we talked about that on Wednesday I basically wanted to just kind of offer a response to a lot of the pre-tribulation points and theories that are out there because I've had people ask me, well, why is it even relevant? Who cares? You know, just be ready to go. Well, I totally agree. We need to be ready. But the Bible talks about it. And if it's in the Bible, it's relevant to me. There's 30% of the Bible is prophecy. Well, why is that in there? Did God just need some kind of a filler? Is this just a bunch of myth, myths and fairy tales? No. It's in the Bible, and we're supposed to know about it. The, Daniel 11 prophesied during the time of the Antichrist that they that do know their God will be strong and do exploits, and they that understand among the people would instruct many. That's not just talking about salvation. Because God gave Daniel a bunch of different prophecies, and then he said, Daniel, now here's what you're going to do. I'm not going to explain to you in de- I'm not going to give you the interpretation of all these prophecies. You close up and seal this book because it's for the people of the time of the end. The Bible says the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. So if Jesus was interested in prophecy and he taught the most famous prophecy chapter in the entire Bible, Matthew chapter 24, then guess what, folks? Prophecy must be pretty relevant, right? And I want to know about it. So, very relevant. On Thursday, Doug talked about the, the Temple Mount in Israel uh, where God said 37 times in the Old Testament, I will put my name there. And it is the most disputed 35 acres on the planet. There is not a price that you or I could put on that 35 acres right now and that Israel would sell that. They're willing to go to war tomorrow morning to protect that. And so 
It's as if Satan years ago said, well, if God wants his name there, that's where I want my name. And he's been fighting it for him ever since. The, there have been 40 major wars fought over the city of Jerusalem over the years, more than any other city on the planet. Why? Because God said, I'll put my name there, and Satan has been fighting him for that ever since. And that's what the Battle of Armageddon is going to be fought over. It will be fought over the status of Jerusalem. The status of Jerusalem is not even going to be settled in the peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians that starts the final seven years. It's going to be postponed until the very end. And that's when the world governing army is going to say, look, Israel, you are going to give up. You're going to bow and capitulate to the edicts of the world governing body, the Antichrist, and you're going to give up Jerusalem. And Israel's going to say, oh, no, we're not. And that's when the world governing armies are going to come down against Jerusalem to battle. And the battle of Armageddon will culminate right there in the Kidron Valley between the Mount of Olives and the Temple Mount. Right there in that big valley. You look at the pictures of the Kidron Valley today. It's that big giant valley that runs from right up just north of the Temple Mount all the way down to the Dead Sea. In that valley right there is where the battle of Armageddon is going to culminate. And that's when God's going to come back plant his feet upon the Mount of Olives, and the Bible says at that time all of Israel will be saved. In the book of Zechariah, it says that Israel, when they're just about, looks like it's, they're going to be wiped out. God's going to come back, come to the Mount of Olives, and the Bible says that they will wander out to him because they're looking for their Messiah to come as a conquering king. And that's what he's going to do. The Bible says he will fight as he fought in the day of battle. And the Bible says Israel's going to go out and they're going to see the scars in his hands. And they're going to say, where did you get those scars? And he's going to say, these are those with which I got in the house of my friends. And the Bible says at that time in Romans 11, 25, and 26, that all of Israel will be saved at that time. So, Doug taught a very great lesson yesterday, the biblical, historical, prophetic significance of the Temple Mount. And so, prophecy, pretty relevant, isn't it? And so, I tell you what, uh, there's, a, there's a caller named Timothy. I'm going to get to you just after the break. I don't want to cut you off here, so I'm going to hold you for just a little bit, if you just hold on with me. And then I've got some other lines. If you want to give me a call, one 363 8463 We can talk about anything we talked about this week. If, you wanna, uh, if you've got some proof for a pre-tribulation rapture, call in. Let's talk about it. Um, and any of the other things I talked about in the T's, uh, the, the status of Jerusalem, whatever. And then I've got something to share with you that I found. It's a little book, and it's, it's, it's one more proof that we certainly are living in the end time. I purchased it. The guy wrote it back in 2016. I'll go into that just after we get back from the break. Uh, but one thing I do want to mention here very quickly uh, is our Israel tour coming up here October 4th through the 15th. If you guys want to experience Israel, like, in my opinion, no other tour, the spiritual experiences and all of the different uh, the sites that we will see in our Jerusalem Prophecy College, a lot of different things, then come to Israel with us. You will not regret it. I've been between 15 and 20 times. I'm not sure. I kind of I'm forgot at this point. But, wow, what a trip we will have. I have lifelong friends from those trips. And so... Uh, we'll be with you. Jana and myself will be with you every step of the way. We stay with the buses. We travel with you. It's a lot of fun. And what a great vacation it is. And a learning experience and a spiritual experience. And you get the Bible, history, prophecy in all of it. 
A lot of people don't go to the places we go because they simply don't understand the prophecies of the Bible. But when you get back, you surely will. So uh, join us on the coming trip. They have to ticket before very long, so they'll be ticketing here in August. And so there's some spots left. Certainly want you to go with us. And so call in, talk to my wife, Jana, 1-800-363-8463, or ask for Brittany Motes, and they can get you signed up to go. So when we come back, i got something little to share, and then we'll get off into the calls. And what a great time we'll have, because prophecies are certainly happening. Let us know we're in the end time. I'll go through this little book with you. It's a little clue, but I'm on a never-ending quest for more clues. Right. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned on what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now available for pre-order at endtime.com slash ABC. Go to endtime.com slash ABC or call 800-END-TIME. Are you ready for an extraordinary journey to the region that is the focus of more end-time Bible prophecy than any other? Well, look no further. Join us on an unforgettable journey to Israel. Our adventure begins down in Jerusalem where we will teach on the Mount of Olives, sing at the Garden of Gethsemane, walk down through the Kidron Valley, then we'll make our way north, have a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee while visiting Joppa, Mount Carmel, baptize in the Jordan River, and so much more. Don't miss out on this incredible trip to Israel. Spaces are limited. Book your tour today. Visit endtime.com slash tour or call us at 1-800-END-TIME. Join us for an experience that you will never forget. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Welcome back, everybody. And again, I'm taking your calls today. The number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. I want to share something with you really quick uh, that I found the other day in my research. I'm always, I'm on this never-ending quest to find ways to validate the Bible and to um, validate the prophecies of the Bible. Let us people know that they are coming to pass right now and we're living in the end time, right? And there's, there's probably, I mean, there's millions of ways, it seems like, 
to validate the Bible, but I'm always on a quest to find the million and one uh, proof, and I always love it when I can do that. So, in Revelation chapter 6, verse 1 through 8, talks about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And the color of the horses, and the clues that really help us identify them, but the color of the horses are a white, red, black, and the last one was the, in a King James Version, it would say pale. If you look in a Tyndale Version of the Bible, it would say green. But it should have been translated green because the original Greek word was chloros, or green. You remember from your old uh, biology classes, some of you guys, they taught you about chlorophyll and all this other stuff, so green. And other times in the Bible, that word is translated green in the New Testament. But this time, the writer said he had never seen a pale horse, so he said, or a green horse, so he thought, man, uh, I'm going to put pale, because some of the translations say pale green horse. However, it should have been translated green. Zechariah chapter 6 tells us that, what, what are these? Je- uh, Zechariah saw the same image, but they were horses that were pulling chariots. And he said, what are these? And the, the answer was, these are the spirits that go forth from the heavens into all the earth. And they will control the ideologies of the man, the thought processes of mankind in the end time. Well, if you jump back to Revelation, what are the thought processes? What are these ideologies that control mankind in the end time? And the characteristics? Well, the first one, white. We know that that's Catholicism. Red, socialism or communism. Black, capitalism. And again, I'm not going to take time to go through all the clues, but uh, the final one, green, is Islamism. These are the colors that are uh, symbolic of these belief systems. Think about red. Socialism, communism, red Russia, red China, the, the red scare, reds under the bed, um, the, com- the socialistic overthrow of the world. Uh, so, the red spirit. But the black spirit, it's a little more difficult to understand the black spirit of capitalism. And so, but you can understand that uh, there are people over time in, in Europe and different places that refer to, just like socialism red, that capitalism would be black. Uh, capitalism and socialism have butted heads against each other, right, as economic systems in the world ever since, what, since the Cold War even, maybe before that. And so, if you, I'm always looking for proofs of all four of these colors, but certainly the black color of capitalism. Well, I found a book. It's written by a guy named Walter Mosley, who is known for his, uh, he's famous for writing crime fiction novels. And you may have read one of his uh, crime, crime uh, novels. However, <clears throat> he wrote a book, I saw it the other day, and it's called Folding the Red, Folding the Red into the Black. It's a really short paperback book. And in the book, he says, uh, folding the red into black, or developing a viable untopia for human survival in the 21st century. The book is devoted to showing how capitalism and socialism or communism has really had their day, and that the only way we can have a true utopian situation in the world is to merge Take the, which in this guy's opinion, the good parts from socialism and the good parts from capitalism 
and to merge them together, to marry them. And so he's talking about through the entire book, socialism and capitalism. The whole book's devoted to this, this merger, and he calls it folding the red socialism into black into the black capitalism. Now, I have no idea if this guy understands any prophecy or not, but I'm here to tell you folks that 2,000, in John's case, in Revelation, 2,500 years ago in Zechariah's case, in the book of Zechariah, that they prophesied about a two of the main belief systems, these economic systems that would be on the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And I've got other proofs for this. I've got articles from the Jacobin magazine and all different places, but... When I saw this book, Folding the Red into the Black, and this guy's talking about the two economic systems that John and Zechariah both prophesied about, I'm telling you, to a, a, a guy who pans for gold, this is like finding a giant gold nugget. Because like I said, I'm on the never-ending quest to find something else to validate the prophecies of the Bible. We've got documentation, folks, that you could never read it all. But this one book here helps me. It's so cool because this guy referred to the red socialism and the black capitalism. And the book is devoted to that. So I thought it was pretty neat. If you'd like to read it, again, it's by Walter Mosley. The guy, the book's name is uh, Folding the Red into the Black. I, I bought it off of uh, Amazon. And you can check it out. It's really cool. And boy, are we living in the last days or what? What is the chances... 2,000 to 2,500 years ago that they would prophesy about economic systems. Look at the clues in Revelation chapter 6, verse 1-8 that follow the horses that we would live, that they would say, hey, there's one economic system that will have, be symbolized by the red spirit and because socialism is the economic system that is a synonymous term with the political system of communism. And then another one, one of the major belief systems, or these economic systems on the earth in the end time would be capitalism, and that would be symbolized by a black spirit. And so this book here is just one more proof that I have that we're living in the end time, folks. And, of course, that's beyond all shadow of a doubt. Okay, without further ado, let's go to uh, the phones. Again, the number to reach me, i got a few lines open, uh, 1-877-363-8463. And let's go straight to Timothy in Georgia. God bless Timothy. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hello, uh, uh, glad to talk to you. I went through, uh, graduated Jerusalem Prophecy College. Awesome. Um, about, a, about a year ago. Congratulations. And thank you. Um, it was uh, life changing for me. And so, um, just to get to my point, uh, I'm interested. I'm interested to see or to hear what you think about um, the six trumpet already sounding, based on. Uh, uh, something I heard uh, a couple of years ago about Newt Gingrich saying, making the statement that third, the third world war already started with the fall of the twin towers. Right. And, um, and so when you look at where we've been since then in the middle East and, 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 and with, uh, uh, Islam and, and communism kind of taking over and just kind of, kind of really what you were just talking about with, uh, uh, communism and, Capitalism coming together with a corporate fascist kind of ideology, um, 
and their takeover of um, energy and food. And, I mean, you think about they don't really want to annihilate everything. They want to rule it all. Yeah. So uh, that so you could imagine a limited type of nuclear war that wouldn't destroy everything, but they would have a, a bigger capability to kill more people by cutting food and resources off. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, so just to bring everybody in on our conversation here, Revelation chapter 9, verse 13 through, all the way down through the rest of the chapter, but 13 through 16 very specifically, the Bible says, um, loose the, at the sixth trumpet war, loose the four angels that are bound in the great river Euphrates for to kill a third of mankind. And I heard the number of them, of the army thereof, and it was 200 million soldiers. So this is probably one of the, one of the most ominous prophecies in the Bible. One third of all of mankind is going to be destroyed in just a very near future. And it is how ha- the Euphrates River is housed in Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. Now, you made mention of Newt Gingrich, and there are many other people that believed that when 911 started, that began World War III because we went off into Iraq, even though the guys who that flew the planes, they were from Saudi Arabia, that we went straight off into Iraq and just started fighting, and that we've been at war ever since over there. We've had guys there. We've had mili- our military stationed there. We have thousands of them there now. To and have been there ever since. So, in a many people's opinion, we started World War III then, and it just has not escalated to the point where we would have mass casualties. But they say that it will in the very near future. There are many things happening in the Middle East right now. Uh, we just sent, and I had an article to go over here, but I'll talk about it. We just sent several thousand Marines and battleships into the through the Straits of Hormuz up into the um, to uh, the Oman up in there, where uh, they there have been many times since the first of the year. I think in, over the last year or two, Iran twenty times has either taken, held captive, or threatened to take international ships. The international shipping uh, boats that have tried to come down through the Straits of Hormuz. And we have sent, we have now sent uh, because of the escalation of what Iran is doing, we've now sent thousands of Marines over there, and fighter jets, and battleships, and all kinds of things. And so the Gulf of Oman—that's what I was trying to think of. Man, I couldn't think of that a minute ago. So they were the, things are escalating, heating up. Also up in eastern Syria. And this is all right along the Euphrates River up in eastern Syria. Russia has been flying planes over where we have we are holding oil fields. We went in and took care took control of those oil fields because ISIS, we didn't want ISIS to get a hold of them and so we went in there to try to protect that and we've still got a hold of those. And so Russia has been flying over that with loaded military planes. They've been flying within hundreds of feet of our military jets. And um, so there's a lot of things happening. Also, Iran is the number one state sponsor of terrorism, and they've been trying to get a nuclear weapon, and Israel's saying, never going to allow that to happen because Iran wants to drive Israel off into the sea. They're constantly, they've got what's called the ring of fire around Israel. They're, they have terrorist proxies in Lebanon, Syria, 
Gaza, Iraq. Now they're paying for some to be in the West Bank, down in Yemen. They're, they've surrounded Israel. And everybody's just kind of waiting. Well, when's Iran going to make their move? Israel is saying, we're not going to wait till they make their move. We're not going to allow them to ever get a nuclear weapon. So imagine having a country that is constantly saying, we're going to wipe the United States off the map. We're going to destroy the United States. And they were in Canada and Mexico and Cuba. Well, we wouldn't stand, we wouldn't, well, I mean, our current administration might, but most administrations would not just stand back and say, okay, you guys, you guys can threaten us, but we're just going to sit here and wait. No, we would, that we'd go to war, wouldn't we? So Mm -hmm. that's kind of what Israel's doing right now. Israel's saying, look, I understand the ring of fire very well. When I talked to our guide the other day about, or when I was in Israel this last uh, couple months ago, when I talked to our guide, he knew very well. He's an ex-Navy SEAL for the IDF in Israel. And he said, oh, yeah, I know all about the Ring of Fire. He said, all of Israel knows about the Ring of Fire because they know Iran wants to wipe them off the face of the planet. And now they're trying to get nuclear weapons. Well, if they were to get a nuclear weapon, Israel, I mean, all it would take is one bomb to annihilate Israel. Israel's so small, uh, and the major population center is Tel Aviv. Uh, Tel Aviv and Haifa, and then everything would blow over Jerusalem. It would be horrific. So the fact of the matter is they're never going to allow that to happen. So uh, there are people that, that believe, many people believe, that we could already be in World War III and that it, the, the casual, it has just not escalated to the point where we have had mass casualties. I also yeah. know that, and I talked about this on one of the updated DVDs that we did in our new um, Understanding the End Time DVD series, is that there are many people on the earth, they've talked about it for decades, about the overpopulation of the earth. And they have t- actually laid out, and they've, they've went through different scenarios of what would the earth look like after a World War III situation. How many people would we have to deal with after that? I kid you not. There are people's mind that would actually go there. Well, let's see. After a World War III scenario... How would a population look then? Uh, 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 what kind of a dark, demonic thought is that even? However, there are people that their mind is willing to go there. And so when we talk about World War III is being talked about right now in the news more than I've ever seen it in my lifetime, more than I ever has been talked about because there are people willing to go there. There are people willing to fire off nukes. There are people talking about firing off nukes more than I've ever heard in my entire life, even during the Cold War. So it's a situation that we're looking at, and it absolutely, we, we could be in the war as we speak. It just not, has not escalated to the point where we would just have mass casualties. And I, I, I wish we weren't going to get there, but the Bible says we will, so we have to talk about it. So... God bless you, Timothy, and I do thank you for the call. I'm coming up to a break. And listen, everybody, i got a few lines open. Uh, the number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. They don't understand what is taking place. Many. Except a man is born again. He can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. 
This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to endtime.com slash future or call 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. Here we go, guys. Welcome back. I got a couple lines open. One eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. Straight to the phones. Let's go to Gene in Texas. God bless Gene. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hey, how's it going, Dave? Uh, just uh, want to want to shout out to everybody who you know tuning in. Uh, I, you know, people in the chat on Facebook, uh, Brian Beta. Uh, anyway, um, Dave, uh, I emailed you recently uh, just about a red heifer update. What's yes. the latest you got? And then. Um, what are your thoughts on World War III starting between, you know, this year, possibly next? Okay, so um, let's do the red heifer first. The, the latest they, that is happened in Israel is that they have built, you guys know that uh, just about a year or so ago, they took a five red heifers. They could only get five into Israel for a, as pets. And... Um, so they took five red heifers into Israel, and many of you know that the reason we talk about it so much because of, from a prophetic perspective is because of the Bible says there will be a red heifer in the near future because they're going to resume sacrifices at, when they rebuild a third Jewish temple. And Israel knows from Numbers 19 that for them to be, the nation of Israel to be purified to the point where they could resume the ritual sacrifices in the temple, they have to have a red heifer, and to burn the red heifer, offer a sacrifice, the purification sacrifice, take the ashes, mix it with water, and then administer that to all of Israel to purify them to then start the ritual sacrifices up on the temple mount. So the red heifer, very important. Well, the Bible says the Antichrist will cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease in the future. So the sac- we know the sacrifices have been resumed, which means we know Israel's going to get a red heifer. Well, when these red heifers, especially the ones that came, these are the ones that came from Texas. I went and seen them when they were in a ranch right down here on Rockwall, just about, I mean, it's 30 minutes literally from the end time television studios. Me and a friend of mine went down there and seen them with Byron Stinson, and we saw all the rabbis and everybody down there. Well, they finally, five of them finally made them into Israel. They were quarantined because it was during COVID, and then they were in a protected place because there are obviously people over there that would love to kill all of them because they don't want to even think about Israel sacrificing up on the Temple Mount. Then right now what has happened is is they finally got their visitor center built in ancient Shiloh. And they have one red heifer there now. They're getting ready to bring two more red heifers. 
and they're going to bring, they believe that there's going to bring millions of, uh, they're believing for millions of visitors to that. And I think they're about a year and 10 months old. That's the last article I read a couple weeks ago. Year and 10 months old. They have to get into the third year. So they've got to be between the second and the third year, into the third year. And which from zero to one would be one year. One to two would be two years. And then in between the second and third year would actually be the third year. And and believe me, they're kind of figuring this out as they go, but that's what they're saying. And so what they're wanting to do, if they can get of of age, then they're going to sacrifice it, one of them, and that could atone for the purification of Israel and then move off into the the, uh, sacrifices, the ritual sacrifices. The red heifer and the ritual sacrifices, those are two different things. A lot of people have said, well, man, aren't they going to have to have millions and millions of red heifers? No. They only need one heifer to purify Israel. Anybody who's been in contact with a dead body, which is just about everybody, if you walk by a graveyard, you've been in a hospital, anything, they would say you need to be purified by the ashes of a red heifer. But all they need to do is kill one. Then after that, they can use any cow or goat or whatever they're going to use to to do the ritual sacrifices. So that is the absolute latest that I know of. They do have a visitor center and they're getting ready to have the, the cattle there. They have one there now, and then they're going to be bringing the rest of them. And people will be able to go up there and visit them. I don't know if we will go visit them or not. I'll, I will try to do that. Our tours really don't go up through there. Uh, but I know a lot of people would like to see it. So we may have to work that in. We'll see how it goes. I'll get a hold of Byron Stinson and uh, see what all that entails and then go from there. But that's the absolute latest that I know of, Gene, on the Red Heifers. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I wanted yeah. to add one more. Uh, you, you were talking about finding proof. Uh, yeah. You know, something that always sticks out to me, uh, you're talking about Zechariah 6 and Revelation 6, is there's a social media called Reddit. And, you know, no one else can seem to explain why, but I'll tell you, right, you know, because the Bible days, right, we, we both know red is the color of socialism. It is the social media of all social media. Sure. Uh, just throwing that out there. You know? Yeah. Well, I, so... I would have to look into that. I know that specifically in the Bible, the red socialism is talking about an economic system and a, a belief system, what people would die for, what they would fight for. I mean, it's like a, a, a the revolution of socialism, communism. And um, so I, I'm not, I, I know what Reddit is, how I can make the connection. I don't know. I have to study on that one a little bit, Gene. Um, what was your question about the war? Just when do you think it could start? I mean, I oh, yeah, people yeah. say as early as twenty three three. Yeah, like I said to the previous caller, I think his name was Timothy, a lot of people believe that we could be in the war right now. A lot of people believe when the Ayatollahs took over in Iran that we moved off into World War Three because they have been um, they've been taking Americans as hostages, bombing our embassies. I mean, if, if you've studied this stuff for years... They have been taking, you know, taking ships captive and hostages and all these different things, um, doing many things against Israel and the United States for decades now. And now they're trying to get a nuclear weapon. I mean, they're the number one state sponsor of terrorism on the planet. They've got Mm -hmm. terrorist proxies in over 30 nations, half a million of them. So they're setting themselves up for something. A lot of people look to a Russia-Ukraine situation or the 
China-Taiwan situation, and those are certainly something to keep an eye on, absolutely. I mean, you're talking about people being killed. Certainly, I want to keep an eye on that. However, when I watch Iran, and when I was going to talk about this, if I had time, I don't think I will have time to today, but Isaac Herzog's address to Congress on Wednesday, the number one thing he talked about, he said the number one uh, conflict that we have facing both the Israel and he's in the United States. He's talking to our Congress. The number one thing we have to worry about is Iran. And he lays out the scenario of how they they have got the ring of fire. They've surrounded Israel. And Iran wants to... It's a religious thing with them. They want to in, implement Sharia law globally. And so they it's a religious. They see Israel and the United States in the way of them doing that. So they want to kill us. They want to, they want to blow us up and they want to blow Israel up, annihilate us. And so now it kind of makes you wonder why a, and a President Obama and a President Biden would even be thinking about negotiating with them for a nuclear deal. And why Donald Trump came along and said, that is crazy. They've got sunset clauses. It's going to allow them to get a nuclear weapon eventually anyway. And so... He pulled us out of that and started hammering them with economic sanctions. Oh, they couldn't stand that. Well, then Joe Biden come back and said, you know what? We're going to negotiate with them. And what has happened is millions and millions and millions of dollars have went back into the Iranian coffers, folks. Do you understand what's going on here with this Iranian nuclear situation? And Israel is saying, President Biden, don't you understand what's going on? And he just blunders right along, and he's still negotiating, and it's, it's just, it's horrific. And so, if you had somebody who was strong in office, different scenario, right? But that's why a lot right. of people are very, very skeptical. And that's when he came to talk to Congress. That's the number one thing he talked about. He did talk about the United States and Israel being inseparable partners, But he actually said in the speech, the number one conflict that's facing us is uh, Iran. And so I watch this. I'm watching all three of them, certainly. But one, I'm telling you, because the Bible says, loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates, I'm watching Iran, Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran every single day. So I hope that helped you out there, Gene. And God bless you, my friend. Thank you for the call. Um, let's go to Ida right here in Texas. God bless Ida. Welcome to the End Time Show. Okay, yes, sir. Thank you so much, uh, Brother Robbins. Really appreciate all you have done uh, uh, for helping us to understand more about Bible prophecy. Uh, my point I want to, I guess, an extension of what you talked about as far as the Six Trumpet War mm-hmm. is this, um, uh, it's, the, it's the news, not necessarily from mainstream, of course, but I guess you can call out alt media sources about yeah. uh the advent of the um the, the and I'm gonna call it the, the vaccine I'm gonna put quotations around it <laughs> and how it um they're estimating it that it has if not maimed has killed uh, probably millions of people around the world. Uh they're talking about um geoengineering as far as manipulating the weather yeah. uh, that could have be harmful to crops. I mean, other things that are going to probably lead to um, 
to the death of, I hate to say it, but probably millions of people. Yeah. Uh, along with, uh, I don't know if you heard the gaffe that Vice President Kamala Harris made the other day about, you know, reducing the population yeah. and, uh, of course, Bill Gates and others yeah. uh, that are talking about those kinds of things. And I was just wondering, what do you think about that? And what do you th- how do you think that that uh, plays into uh, the Sixth Trumpet War? Yeah. So I believe from the prophecies of the Bible, I can only give you a scriptural answer, but I believe it's going to be a physical war. Let me tell you why. If you look in, uh, again, the, the, the prophecy is found in Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21. It, the Bible says, Loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates uh, that were prepared for a month, a day, um, a day, a month, and a year, for to slay a third part of mankind. Then it goes on, it says, And there was a number of the army of the horsemen that will participate in this war that will be 200,000. And the Bible says, and this is 17, And thus I saw the... the Horses in the vision, and them that sat upon them, having breastplates of fire and jacinth and brimstone, and the heads of the horses were the heads of lions. Out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone, and by these was the third part of men killed by the fire, smoke, and brimstone which issued out of their mouths. So, what this is, this is John two thousand years ago doing his best to to describe modern day warfare. He's describing planes with missiles and bombs and different things. He's doing his best to describe them. And he's saying, hey, there was a 200 million men army that participated in this war. And the people were killed by these things that smelled like, uh, that had fire and jacinth and it smelled like brimstone and it was horrible. Well, that he, what he's talking about here, in my opinion, is nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's doing his so best to describe modern day warfare. A byproduct, maybe just of the end times of Matthew chapter 24? So in Matthew 24, Jesus said you would see here of wars and rumors of wars. This certainly would be one of those wars. However, if you look at World War II, there were just over 52 million killed. And look at the implements of war that were needed to do that. I mean, so in this war here, you're talking about 40 times the, the deaths the death toll of World War II. So that's not going to be a pandemic or something like that. I mean, it's going, the absolute, if these people are talking about, and I'm not saying that it's going to be overpopulation that is the reason that this thing happens. But I'm saying that if you were looking to do that, the fastest way to do that would be a war. And if in looking at Revelation 13, um, Nine, in Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21, it appears as if John is describing a physical battle with implements of war that will be used to destroy this uh, amount of people. It's horrific, but it's Bible. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. 
The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. Well, welcome back, everybody. And I know it's, these, these things certainly do seem perilous and certainly want to make sure that we are we're ready to go at all times. I, I don't, we, we absolutely do not teach prophecy as fear tactics and scare and this, that, and the other. And, and you know, if you're ready to meet the Lord, it really takes the fear of things out of it. Um, however, these are prophecies. These things are going to happen, and so we need to talk about them, right? Um, so let me get straight back to the phones here because I've only got a little bit of time left. Let's go to Sharon in Oregon. God bless Sharon. Sharon, wait, welcome to the End Time Show. Sherrigan, huh? Yeah, Sherrigan. <laughs> Sharon in Oregon, yeah. We're pretty good. Sharon up here in Oregon. My question for you, Dave, is um, that um, does the, is the three and a half years time frame of the age of the heifer, is that just basically correspond with the um, three and a half years of uh, um, of the the, not the tribulation, but the final yeah. seven and a half years. Sure. So the there will be a, the um, Daniel nine twenty seven prophesies there will be a final seven year period. Yeah. The Bible also tells us that the temple will be rebuilt and they will resume sacrifices in the first three and one half year period of that. How do I know that? Revelation right. eleven one and two. John was told to measure the temple, but don't measure the outer court because it will be trodden down of the Gentiles for 42 months. The 42 months he's referring to there is the timing of the Great Tribulation. Only three and one half years. That's the final three and one half years of that final seven-year period. The final seven years ends with the second coming of Jesus Christ, the Battle of Armageddon. So we know that for John's prophecy in Revelation 11, 1 and 2, to come to pass, the temple has to be built in the first three and one half years and sacrifices resumed in the first three and one half years of the final seven years. And then another proof for that is the Bible says when the Antichrist comes on the scene and stands in the rebuilt Jewish temple and proclaims to be God halfway, three and a half years in, halfway through that final seven year period, that he will cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. So, the sacrifices he's talking about here are the ones that will be up on the Temple Mount after the temple is rebuilt. And so in order to resume those sacrifices, you have to have a heifer of a certain age. Well, Israel has been searching and searching and searching since she came back together as a nation in 1948 for a true kosher red heifer. They now have, well, they've had a few of them over time, but they've gotten so old, and then one they develop red and white hair, or black and white hairs, or one of them got a blemish and different things. So they never were able to get them up to age. Right now, Israel has four that are almost of the age to be able to do the purification sacrifice. Four of them. And so Israel is, the, the religious sect of Israel is just out of their mind with excitement because they're thinking, oh my goodness, God's given us the red heifer. We're ready to build the third temple. And uh, can you imagine how they will be pressuring 
Netanyahu or whoever the prime minister is at that time to capitulate and to sign a peace agreement with the Palestinians that would allow them to build their third temple if they have a red heifer where they finally got the purification sacrifice. Now, I know a lot of people have said, well, once they get the purification sacrifice, it could take years before they build the third temple. It could. However, with everything that's coming down right now, I certainly, I, I would find that highly unlikely with the, with the central bank digital currencies and the, peace and the uh, World War III and all these different things that are happening. It looks like everything's converging at the same time. And so um, I, it looks like everything, I know it is, but it looks like everything's right on time. We're right in there. Oh, yeah, so the absolutely. I'm sorry? Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. The purification um, sacrifice is that, obviously, that's before, in the very beginning. Yes. But uh, is, are the other sacrifices that are referred to, that um, the abomination of desolation, that he would stop, those uh, are possibly, those would be a different sacrifice? Yes. Those would be more of a regular daily that's correct. So they will be happening, if they do it like they did in the Bible times, it would be every morning and every evening. And so you're talking about a lot of animals, and there's going to be a lot of bloodshed, and that's going to cause quite the stir as well. Um, so, but yeah, they're different than the red heifer. They only need one red heifer. So my question would be, the purification red heifer, that sacrifice could happen um, previous to the other regular ones. Well, so that's a requirement. Yeah, that has to happen that way. Right, yes. Yes. I guess I'm not clarifying myself, but gotcha. Okay, appreciate that help. Yep. Um, So, yeah, thank you very much, and um, you have a blessed day. All right, Sharon, you do as well. God bless you. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Christy in Texas. God bless Christy. Welcome to the Uh End Time Show. Hello, thank you for having me. Sure. Um, I, my question um, kind of is towards the temple being built. Mm-hmm. Um, as a believer in the rapture will come before we um, go through the wrath. Um, and, I, and clarify me if I'm wrong, but um, does the temple have to be, it says the temple will be, be, be built and Jesus will come back after the temple is built. Mm-hmm. So my question is kind of, do we go... Does Jesus come back in the sky and we go up in the rapture and then the temple's built by the the Jews that think the Antichrist is God? Mm-hmm. Or does the temple have to be built before the rapture comes? Yeah, so <clears throat> very specifically, the Bible tells us that the temple will be built before the rapture occurs. So okay. one thing you have to understand when you're looking at the timing of the rapture is that the rapture and the second coming are one continuous event. They're not, most people, most prophecy teachers teach that there's a rapture and then there's a seven year period in between that and then the second coming of Jesus Christ occurs. But that Mm -hmm. simply is not what the Bible teaches. Okay. The Bible teaches that, and there's a chronological order of this in Revelation chapter 19, verse 6 through 20. If you'll read down through there, The Bible says that the marriage of the Lamb is come, and the bride hath made herself ready, and that's the rapture. And the Bible says she's invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky, and then the when as you go down through there, 
the Lord turns around immediately after the marriage supper and goes straight to fight on behalf of Israel at the battle of Armageddon. The Bible calls it the winepress of the wrath of God, where he will cast the Antichrist and the false prophet alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. There's a chronological order here. So the rapture, he, he comes in the clouds, gathers everybody unto him. They have the marriage supper in the sky, and we go straight to fight on behalf of Israel at the battle of Armageddon after that. So the rapture and second coming is one continuous event. There is, there's nowhere in the Bible that says the rapture happens, then there's a seven-year period, and then the second coming happens after that. It's, it's not a scriptural teaching. It is a traditional teaching that was put into uh, different seminaries and Bible colleges and different things, and people taught it as fact. That's why almost everybody you see on TV and you probably have ever heard teach on this, says that there's a rapture and then there's a seven-year period, and then yeah. at the end of that, the second coming occurs. But there's no scriptures for any of that. There is a final seven-year period. The temple will be built in... The, there's a peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Starts that final seven-year period. The temple and sacrifices are resumed. The temple's built, the sacrifices are resumed in the first three and one half. Halfway through that, the Antichrist stands in a rebuilt Jewish temple proclaims to be God, causes the sacrifices to cease. Then we move into the last three and one half years, which is the Great Tribulation. And at the culmination of that, that's when the rapture, the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky, and uh, we move and the second coming, all of that happens right there at the very end. And the Bible says, I'll give you some more scripture for this, Christy. Okay. In Revelation chapter 16, we have the vials of the wrath of God there, the seven vials of the wrath of God. And the first six vials are poured out, but the church is still here during that. But you say, well, hold on a minute. We're not appointed under the wrath of God. I totally agree with you. But the wrath of God is not poured out upon the church. The wrath of God is poured out. The first one is poured out upon those who receive the mark of the beast during the Great Tribulation. The next five are poured out upon the armies that are, have come down against Jerusalem to battle. And then... Listen at this. The Bible says in Revelation 16, verse 15, after the first six vials of the wrath of God is poured out, the Bible says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garment, lest they walk naked and they see his shame. Well, the Lord only comes as a thief one time in the future. The Apostle Paul said, Men and brethren, you know that the Lord's coming is going to come as a thief in the night. So that only happens once. And the Bible says it happens after the sixth vial of the wrath of God. So also, Christy, the, the Great Tribulation, there's a misconception that that is the wrath of God, but it's not. That's the wrath of Satan. Revelation chapter 12 tells us that when there's a war in heaven, in the three and a half years prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, there's a war in heaven. Satan and his angels are overcome by um, Michael and his archangels. They defeat them, and the Bible says that Satan's punishment is that he loses the war, number one. Number two, that he's bound to the earth. And the Bible says, rejoice you that are in heaven. Now, this is Revelation 12. Rejoice mm -hmm. you that are in heaven, but woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because Satan comes down into you having great wrath. And he persecutes the woman, which in that chapter is Israel, with the 12 stars around her head, and those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ, which is the church. And so... The Jews and the church will be here all the way through that, and then the rapture, the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky, and the second coming. One continuous event happens right there at the very end, 
And that's how everything culminates. Now, I know that goes against most teachings out there. However, I can only give a scriptural answer to all of this, and um, there you go. I guess I just was always in belief that we would be gone before all of that took place. Yeah, yeah. So this kind of opens my eyes up a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, there's another, there's another scripture that I can give you, Christian. There's a plethora of them, but I'd only got about a minute, a minute or two left. But right. if you look in Matthew chapter 24, verses 29 through 31, Jesus said, this is the Olivet Discourse, He said, immediately after the tribulation of those days, when the sun be darkened, moon shall not give her light, stars will fall from heaven, the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then, and all the tribes of the earth shall mourn. Then shall they see this, the sign of the coming of the Son of Man in heaven. He will send His angels with the sound of a great trumpet to gather His elect unto Him from the four winds of the heavens and the earth. Well, guess what? That's the rapture, and in verse 29, Jesus said that would occur immediately after the tribulation of those days. Okay. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Absolutely. I've got a lot of reading to do now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if you need if you need any more um, clarification on that, email me at drobbins at, at endtime.com, and I'll okay. send you a document. Matter of fact, if anybody wants this, I'll give it to anybody. Email me, drobbins at endtime.com, and I will send you the script that I did on Wednesday's program uh, explaining a lot of the objections that we've had over the years. And uh, that can help clarify some of this. And just to make sure you get all the scriptural evidence for what I just told you. Okay, Christy? Thank you so much. I do appreciate that. All right. Well, God bless you, my friend, and you have a great weekend. You too. God bless you. Yep. Well, okay, everybody. There you go. We're willing to help you any way we can. We're all truth seekers, right? We want to know the truth. I want to know the timing of all of this. You say, what's the relevancy? Well, it's in the Bible. And if it's in the Bible, it's relevant to me. If it was relevant to Jesus Christ and the apostles and the Old Testament prophets, then it's certainly going to be relevant to me. So I want to know these things. I want to know what God wants us to know. And so I want to be ready. God bless. God bless.